0: This episode is brought to you by our patron Storm and Surrow. If you want to support an episode, head over to patreon.com slash powerplaythrough, where for $10, you can get your name at the beginning of an episode, too. We also got plenty of other fun stuff over there. Thank you, Storm and Surro, for sponsoring this episode of Power Playthrough. And welcome to Power Play through a Ranger Review podcast. We are coming to you from the privacy of our own homes in lightly cooler Las Vegas, Nevada. I guess
1: it's playing with us.
0: I mean, like it's 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 jumping up and down. It's yeah, jumping def- up and down.
1: Definitely, the nights have been nicer, but it's still like it was, it's still like, hey, it's Wednesday. You feel like it being a hundred and three, and like I guess,
0: yeah, I guess go out. <laughs> I. I ain't going out there, but you can. Yeah. But reporting from the Ranger Room, my name is Dan, and as always from the Lightning Collection Lair is my co-host, Freddie. So, before we got on, we were talking about soda and a a deal that I got a while ago. And the hey. deal's <laughs> non, The deal's not a not an issue. The most we're not uns- going to talk about it.
1: The most unsurprising like curtain pull that there's ever been. letting you know what happened before the mics were going we were in fact talking about soda and (laughs) you know what
0: Uh, we were talking about the advent of the new coke flavor and it's probably not new when you guys listen to this but it's cherry vanilla coke there is no fucking point to it and Freddie you were making a point that said you don't see the point of adding cherry to the vanilla
1: no, I don't. Right. Because like they're both they're both kind of like just a a cornerstone of of coke, right? Cuz I would I would say it goes like if you actual corners, if we are given actual corners, it would be like coke, coke zero, cherry coke, vanilla coke, you know? They're like
0: well, I would actually pull cherry coke out of there. And I would say Diet Coke is probably above a Cherry Coke.
1: Because mm, that's, that's, that's Midwestern,
0: Midwestern fathers love a Diet Coke. And I would say that in the cherry soda division, Cherry Pepsi fucking kills a Cherry Coke. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: I haven't really thought of it, but I'm not, I'm not in a position to uh, refute it.
0: Well, one day you'll have to do the research and then you can come back to me. Yeah. But let me take you back to 2007 when there was a magical drink called Cherry Vanilla Dr. Pepper. I don't know if you remember that.
1: I'm going to look it up right now.
0: Yeah, it was the most delicious form of Dr. Pepper. And yeah. there was that like Dr. Pepper red for a little bit that was like a less alkaline Dr. Pepper. Or it was more alkaline. I don't know.
1: I remembered a can. Yeah, I remembered a can. I'm looking at it right now.
0: <laughs> but adding cherry and vanilla to Dr. Pepper's... How many flavors are in it? It's a thirty. It's 23 flavors? Yes. But, <laughs> but adding... I have a Dr. Pepper in front of me. I know it's 23 flavors. It's got a big 23 on it. Um, adding cherry and vanilla to Dr. Pepper makes Dr Pepper taste less like licking a battery and more like an enjoyable drink. That's that's all I've got to say about I, it.
1: Dr Pepper so I'm not a I'm I'm not a fan of Dr
0: Pepper. I I'm not either, but in the world of the the sale that was going on at my local Albertsons it was the only soda left on the shelf, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna get it because it's too, too yeah. good of a deal to pass up."
1: So, it's it interesting? The first th- one of the first things that popped up when I was looking up cherry vanilla Dr Pepper is a is a serious bean company, sweet and sassy Dr Pepper baked beans.
0: Yeah, that's a thing.
1: I didn't like that's a thing, and like that's a thing you can purchase right now. That's weird as shit to me.
0: And you can't purchase a cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper, it's discontinued. They just wanted us to go back to, like, um, you know when you were a kid and you used to get the D-battery and you used to put your tongue on the top of it so yeah, you could yeah. feel something? Yeah. Because, yeah.
1: Or someone told you not to, or you saw it in a show, you know. It seems it seems to be that was, like, one of the few things that I would replicate from a show. It was never the violence, it was just like, hey, have you ever liked the battery? Yeah. And I would do that. definitely
0: going to. Yeah, I
1: mean, no, yeah.
0: but... Have I... you ever licked a battery? No. Well, that's dangerous. Here's a soda that replicates that. It's called Dr. Pepper. I'm sure we're going to catch some shit for that one. Yeah. But, like, bring back cherry vanilla, y'all. Like, it's kind of it. And Coke, get rid of it. Because you don't have a different logo than your cherry Coke. And I've grabbed it four times now,
1: and, I've and been it.
0: really upset every time.
1: It's a real bit of subterfuge because it's just a can of cherry coke. But if you look at it, the little cherry on it is is slightly bottomed in vanilla cream, like the yeah. logo. Like there's a little bit, there's a little bit of vanilla on the ass of that cherry,
0: and, and it's the- real upsetting. <laughs> I'll tell you that, like when I'm like in target and i'm like i'm gonna get a cherry coke on my way out uh and i grab it and i crack it open and i take a sip and i get that bottom vanilla taste i'm like no this wasn't meant to go together it's you get cherry coke or vanilla coke not together do
1: you think it would be better if you purposely like grabbed it if you knowingly like knowingly grabbed a can of cherry vanilla uh coke you think it would be better (laughs) 42. No. Okay.
0: Because I grabbed it on purpose once. Yeah. The first time I tried it, I was like, yeah, we're doing this, because I love vanilla Coke, and cherry Coke is passable. It does give me a tummy ache, but I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. That's
1: it, because that could be a very—actually, that is a very blue cheese-slash-ranch situation. Yeah. Where you're going for the where you going for the ranch with chicken nuggets and you uh in, in 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 the middle of the night, you know, as as which is the time to eat chicken nuggets, and you grab the blue cheese dressing instead of the ranch dressing because uh the same brand and they look identical and then yeah. you sit down and you have that chicken nugget, and you you take a bite of it and then you dip it into the sauce, because I, I like to do that. I like to do that. That's my sauce. I'm not sharing it with anyone, so I'm putting my germs all over it. I bite that nugget open, and I dip that nugget in that sauce, and I pull back, and all of a sudden, it, I have boot leather
0: in my mouth. That's like... Well, I mean, it's because you didn't make the conscious decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, When I worked for the blue people, the mm-hmm. blue person uh, collective, They had a Christmas party at a local bar called McFadden's, which I don't think is even there anymore. But the buffet that they had for the Christmas party was all lit in red. And there were mashed potatoes, and there was a sauce next to it, which I thought was gravy. Because, you know, when you're getting mashed potatoes, you would think the sauce next to it is the sauce that goes with mashed potatoes, right? Yeah. Well... I got some. I put it on my potatoes. I noticed it was a little watery, and I was like, "Yeah, some people make their gravies thin. I mm-hmm, understand." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, still checks out. Again, everything is lit red, and I don't know if your vision is the same as mine, but in red light, I'm completely blind. Um. <laughs> so anytime you're like in
1: an atmospheric Italian restaurant, you're fucked.
0: Yeah, yeah, where there's a bunch of red lights, like old school Pizza Huts. Yeah, with the candles.
1: Yeah, with the candles and the red glass. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> um. So I sit at the table. You're I like... take my fork <laughs> and I go deep into these mashed potatoes. You want to know what I covered those mashed potatoes in?
1: What'd you cover them in?
0: Balsamic vinaigrette. Whoa. Wasn't a pleasant bite.
1: That's a that's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a stark difference.
0: Yeah, because it's a it was a sauce. It was next to the mashed potatoes.
1: Yeah, it's balsamic uh, vinaigrette. Like I could, like you can have yeah vinegar on like you know potatoes, obviously, and all that. Was I didn't know that. I'm kind of curious to try that now because I'm fine
0: with vinaigrette. But I will tell you, I will tell you. Here are two things about it. I was very upset because I was thinking I was getting mashed potatoes and gravy. And the taste that went into my mouth was not the taste that my brain was expecting to receive, so I got upset. But, like honestly, it's not that bad. It's just what I was expecting. It, yeah, was it's,
1: it's startling? Yeah, because it's the same. Yeah, with the blue cheese and the ranch. If you if you're having something and you think it's gonna be ranch and you taste it and it's blue cheese, your the first thing your mind does was just like th- someone. Left this ranch out in the sun, you know, and in and, and your your like gag reflex kicks in, and you you just have this repulsion to it, you know, and you you, you want it out of your mouth.
0: My but sweet I know, Bryn, but the, I know people the, love
1: blue cheese. I know people love. It ain't for me, but I know yeah, people love blue cheese.
0: My sweet Bryn, the love of my life, she is a blue cheese girl, and I'm a ranch man because you know baby mouth. hmm. And whenever we go to restaurants, they always seem to screw up which one is the blue cheese and which one is the ranch on our plates. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I've determined how to differentiate them with just looking at them in like most restaurants now. Yeah. But there were a few times in the beginning of our relationship where I would just dunk a wing right in my cheese and just be like, oh, nope, blue cheese. That's not that one wasn't mine. I think my meal is ruined. (laughs) At the same time. The
1: relationship was almost over before it began. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the same time, like, I'm also a monster and I order boneless wings and I eat them with a fork. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know if you eat your boneless wings with a fork, but. Uh, I don't like the messy hands, baby.
1: I understand that. Sometimes, I'm like, I do that at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. If they have a situation where it's like, you know, 25 cents uh, boneless wings or whatever it is, 15 cent boneless wings, whatever deal they got. Let me tell
0: you something. I've come around on Buffalo Wild Wings. Used to hate that place. Anytime that we would end up going there, I was like, man, fuck. Fuck, (laughs) I hate this place. Yeah. And I hate. I hated that place for the simple reason that they served all their food on paper, like in a paper cup, Mm -hmm. because they were charging me like they were providing excellent service. But they came around and they dropped my paper sleeve of chicken on the plate and then never came and saw me again. Mm. They charged me an extra $2.49 to put cheese on my sliced potatoes. But they never came around again. But now they're like, yeah, we've got these metal trays and we're going to serve it to you like a Texas barbecue joint. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect service in a Texas barbecue joint. But also they now have a lunch menu that reflects their service Mm. in price.
1: See, there you go. That's sometimes that's all that's all it takes, because like a Texas barbecue joint or like a. A wing place like that. I fully expect them not to come back around, but I better pay for that kind of service, you know? I better yeah. not pay more for it. Like, I understand at a barbecue joint or a wing joint, it's like, here you go, you beast. I'm going to leave your trough. I will be back to clean this up. That's it. You know, like, I will not interfere with your gluttonous uh, feasting. Yeah, That's it. Like, and that, that's that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for.
0: But if I'm That's hit- why if we were going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I loved going with you and Alex cuz you guys would sit down and be like, "You want to split 100 wings?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, what sauces we getting?"
1: That's that's exactly why I was saying Buffalo Wild Wings is where I eat with a fork cuz usually we're sharing some egregious amount of wings in the middle and I'm just reaching over. I don't got long arms. So I just reach over with my fork and I just and I just stab that little fucker and I bring it to me.
0: Listeners, when Alfredo and Alex would order a hundred wings, you'd be like, "Oh, there's a table of four of you, right?" Now that was for them. (laughs) Everyone else had to get their own meal. Those boys were doing work.
1: It's just you're out with your friends. I commend them.
0: I commend them. I will say that, like, when I go to a Korean barbecue place, I, as soon as I sit down, I order three steaks and then uh, six orders of their brisket. That's, I don't even look at the menu when I make that order. So it's kind of like eating a hundred wings when you're like, yes, I'll take three of the premium steaks and six orders of the brisket. Would you like anything?
1: Yeah, that's. It's like I said, where you you go there and you, with a very uh, specific mindset. Some, some, sometimes it's a hundred wings. That's yeah. okay. That's what you're here for.
0: That's listen. This when is, I was thirty this... years old, I got diagnosed with gout, and I haven't done a thing about it. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is <laughs> this is,
1: you know, why dining out is a privilege. You know, like I get to just do
0: something like that. Yeah. That's okay. And we don't dine out
1: anymore. We don't dine out anymore.
0: (laughs) Let's get on topic. Today we're going to be talking about episode 33 of Choriki Sentai O-Ranger, The Five Robo's Rampage. Originally airing on October 27th, 1995. Written by Hirohisa Soda and directed by Takao Nagashi. Written by Hirohisa Soda and directed by... Takao Naga... Naga... Naga, naga Nagaishi. 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 Nagaishi, you stupid motherfucker. Written by Hirohisa Soda and directed by Takao Naga... Naga Nagaishi. Nagaishi.
1: (laughs) Nagaishi. The the, the growly Nagaishi. I (laughs) I want that isolated. (laughs) Nagaishi. (laughs) Nagaishi.
0: One more game. My mouth was not doing it correctly, so I just got mad at my mouth, and that's yeah. why the growl came out. Yeah, I know. Originally airing on October 27th, 1995, written by Hirohisa Soda and directed by Takao Nagaishi. So, this is the best episode of O-Ranger so far, right?
1: This episode is the bidness.
0: Like, Bacchus Wrath was back to his terrifying self. And, like, I had to go back and check to see if this was written by the same duo that brought us the great silence. But it wasn't. So two people were in that same, like, this is the Bacchus Wrath mindset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, like, I felt fear of Bacchus Wrath like I did in that moment. I watched this episode twice back to back because it's so action-packed and good that this whole thing felt like it was only about ten minutes long.
1: Yeah, a lot gets... A lot happens. A lot fucking happens. And there could be some argument that, like, it, it uh... There could be some argument that it feels a little disjointed because of that. Like, how fast these series events happen. But, like, I mean, I kept up. And I, and
0: I, I was for it. And... I don't think it felt disjointed at all. Like, I feel like it changed my opinion on some stuff in Power Rangers, like it it worked so well together.
1: Like, I completely, I'm just, um, I'm just trying to possibly see the uh, another per- perspective to it. Not that it's, you know, necessary, because I love this from top to bottom. I had no qualms with it.
0: Listen, we've, we shat on O-Ranger for like the first 15 episodes of the series. Yeah. This is like this is Peak O Ranger.
1: Yeah. Uh, you get some real um You get some real RPM vibes, you know? It's it's a very real like the stakes feel real. Yeah, you know There's The stakes a... are
0: there, so yeah, I get yeah. that that comparison. Yeah. But this episode opens at night on the inside of an active and smoking volcano. Bacchus Wrath has a facility set up underneath the Earth's surface and has built giant-sized duplicates of baradrill, saucer, vanish, crusher, missile, darts, printer, magma, vacuum, and ivy. He shows his family his rebuilt machine children and explains that he has harnessed the power of the Earth's liquid-hot magma. To make his reborn children invincible.
1: I saw you had that in the notes, and I was wondering. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm wondering if I'm gonna keep it in there, or if I'm going to dub in uh, Mike Myers. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's
1: good. Okay, that's a good option. That's a good
0: option. Yeah. But after telling his family about this, he explains that this shall be his final plan he'll no longer tolerate his own failure.
1: Yeah, this guy I think just like announced he is going to like fall on his blade. <laughs> like <you> know,
0: well, <laughs> this is the death flag, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, like he he just said I will fucking unzip my robot guts if I do not kill these motherfuckers. Yes. He, he is he is now I mean, Bacchus Raffles already a pretty like serious guy in appearance. You know how, like, angry and mad you have to be as a robot to have a vein molded into your fucking forehead? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly, like, you know, by design, this is an angry, uh, furious fucking man.
0: Yeah. Well, Bacchus, in his fury, he he makes Baradrill step into the lava to get a mist that will make him invincible. And after this is done, Bara is, is sent flying over the city to destroy everything. Humans are cowering in the rubble beneath the might of the Baranoia Empire. O-Ranger are at their base monitoring the situation on comms, and they're not only surprised to see that Baradrill is back, but how much stronger the royals have made their creations. Bacchus takes a Page out of the book of Great Satan from Jew Ranger and projects himself above the citizens of Tokyo and lets them know that this is just the beginning and that Barra Saucer is coming. Civilians in the hospital are still hiding, fearing these giant, shadowy kaiju that are being deployed overhead. And it's the way that it's shot and the way that you see the humans cowering and you see Saucer. Almost lifeless as a machine beast, just coming overhead, just kind of drenched in shadow. All you can see are his glowing red eyes. It's really the scariest the machines have ever been.
1: It's kind of there's so many things at play here. I definitely think that they took, um, they took some notes from Mr. James Cameron in Terminator Two and Terminator One with the uh, depiction of the post-apocalyptic future with these huge, you know, fucking machines overhead moving basically silent until they run over... until they, like, you know, fire their munitions or the big tanks run over human remains, you know? Like, they're just... It, it is a unfeeling warpath, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's safe to say, like... I felt like old Godzilla movies were like really, mm-hmm. like this director was really obviously influenced by Godzilla.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> it, I mean, obviously, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does have a a very severe, uh, severe feel to it, and you're kind of you're you're on the ground. I mean, we're 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 up above, like uh, you know, we're on the like fifth floor of a hospital or whatever the fuck it is, but we're we're seeing the like the in real time the toll of what's happening to people, and it's like it's complete. It's just the there's a whole midnight blue filter over everything, like you said these. These um, ominous shapes are flying overhead, you know, impossibly vast. It's, it's like, it does feel hopeless. Yeah. Yes.
0: The O-Ranger is set to deploy on the command of and Before they leave their command stations, Chief Mira enters. He lets them know at this point this is a battle they will lose. They must be smarter and destroy the home base where the machines are being held and powered. So the Chief lets them know that this is the time to set into play, their trojan horse plan we don't really need to explain what a trojan horse is because this is one of the first things i feel like i was taught in a world history class and they give you the basic rundown of what a trojan horse is and the plan
1: yeah yeah it's it's interesting how how um history that has been taught in class has its it has its beats that it loves to hit you mm-hmm. know you know founding of america Christopher Columbus, Trojan horse. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, it's it's like not much is taught about the uh, the bronze period or the brass period, but they'll like there's little things in there. It's fun. It's like no no shit. It was a wooden horse, huh? Yeah, we'll teach yeah. them that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they thought it was a they thought it was a gift, and then it was just filled with murderers. Like, uh, <laughs> We cut to the hospital where we see a doctor and two nurses are tending to a young boy who looks like he's been beaten severely by the paranoia attack. Now, during this scene in particular, they try to keep the doc and nurse's faces in shadow, which is a really good red herring because I thought that the Trojan horse plan was going to have Goro and the girls get caught and then relay relay all the info to Shohei and Yuji. But that's not it. They were just a doctor and nurses that they weren't showing their faces. Barlow soldiers are on hand, armed with Tommy guns, and they're just hunting humans in the wreckage. Yeah. <laughs> when this little boy calls out in pain, the henchmen move in on the medical staff.
1: And Oh my god, yeah.
0: yeah I, they I, are straight up just human hunting at
1: this I point. I thought there was a couple ways this was gonna go. It didn't go any of the ways I thought. And I won't I won't, uh bores with those alternate uh paths i i thought of but when they confront this this huddled group of children and nurses and the the nurse like throws herself on the child in the bed saying you know don't hurt the children you know like you know i'll be the sacrifice don't hurt the children and that fucking that bear the the bear soldier just like basically gives the the bullet club kill shot to him, and it's like he's about to open fire. Like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, like in that moment, the Barlow soldier was just, he was pulling the trigger just thinking, four, 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 four life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but before it... <laughs> yeah.
0: Before <laughs> before the Barlow soldiers are able to kill this these innocents, Ored comes in and just slashes them to pieces. When everything is set down and he goes to comfort the civilians and medical staffs, he says, when dawn comes, peace will return to the earth. God has a wonderful present for those who love peace. And this was a good ploy to ease the tensions of civilians. Yeah. And to really get the attention of the paranoia. Because Kocha overhears this and brings info back to his emperor. So yeah,
1: but when he said, when he started talking about God, I was like, "Oh, this is a different take. What 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 is this about?" Because it got me, you know. But I was yeah. like, I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure." They got they got something real planned. I I t- I knew about the Trojan Horse plan, and I forgot about it because because Goro said God is going to take care of us. <laughs> Goro said God is going to is going to bring us peace. And I was like, "Oh, okay, oh Red." You got it. Yeah,
0: that's a wild thing for the Trojan horse.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, sure. I, all right, yeah. And then also, like, it jumps to the rest of the rangers uh, in in the, like, in another building. And that fight, I got to just say real quick, like, it's only, like, 15 seconds. But this is, like, this is the closest we had to a house fight in, in uh, Sentai for so long. But it is sick. Like, it is so fucking cool. The shots are visceral. Like, they're, like, basically right behind the shoulder of the Rangers as they fight. It's so fucking good. Like I said, it's about 15-20 seconds.
0: But it gets the shit done. As we have said time and time again, O-Ranger doesn't fuck around with the fight choreography. So, like, I kind of glazed over that just for the fact that that's a given. This shit has the fight choreography of the series so far. Uh, After the Baranoia hear about God's plan, Empress Hysteria tells Bacchus Wrath that they need to steal this present so that the humans have no hope. We see the O-Ranger come up to a ridge and these giant otherworldly rocks are positioned in plain view, each of the rocks having a gem jutting out of them with each of the respective members' insignia on it. The giant machine beasts arrive and attack the team, giving them time to burrow underground to get into the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I weren't... hope that they had, like, a jet thing under the ground, because they show them just digging, and it wasn't, like the scene in Kill Bill 2 where the bride gets out of the coffin and there's that ridiculous digging up scene?
1: Uh, thinking of... Maybe they just, like, you know, in the explosion from the fighters, they, like, morphed and they just went into the ground and then, you know...
0: I mean, yeah, we can kayfabe that. Yeah. Just in my mind, it's a military organization. They had this whole thing planned out. Like, they were going to drop underground into, like, pods that would just jet them over there. Or maybe yeah. the O-Ranger have the ability of jetting from the Power Rangers. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Yeah,
1: they see those big gems, and they're like, Alright, so, oh, this is your gift from God, huh? We'll
0: be taking that. Let me take this big star rock. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know what you humans are going to do with these. These seem a little just kind of like for show, but I'm taking them. Maybe this, maybe this is something to the humans. I don't know. This well, is some kind of resolve.
0: Well, when the rocks arrive at Baranoia Base, Prince Bulldone exclaims with his fat little face that they aren't a gift from God. <laughs> them shits are just rocks.
1: <laughs>
0: Bacchus Wrath orders them destroyed. In this moment, the Trojan horse has been sprung and the team now has five fully humanoid mecha to do battle in, which that's what they do. And in this ruckus, the machine beasts and the new robo, they start breaking shit. They. We get a little bit of Kaku Ranger,
1: you know, we go we go back a little bit where we have five individual zords fighting like five other fucking kaiju you know five other fucking robots
0: and shit well they're fighting like 10 of them and oh yeah they cause the cave to collapse on itself and they destroy all but four of the machine bees yeah and even bacchus wrath is depicted getting crushed here yeah it's fuck.
1: it's so fucking cool it it's it really is just i don't know man i like maybe it's cuz like the episode has given you no time to breathe and you're just kind of living in the moment it's just so fucking cool that we got we got these uh you know the five robo fighting against like the just a just a grip of machine beasts you know yes
0: and the machine beasts see their emperor get crushed and the four that survive get out of the volcano and this causes the O-Ranger in their new robo to all use jetpacks on the back and kind of fly out. Um, when,
1: Even when they fucking... I don't remember them flying in Zeo. I'm sure they did. I just don't remember. Just flat they, out. They do. And, like, also, I never made... This was the only um, Zord I had from Zeo as a kid.
0: Me right? too. I, I had a red puncher.
1: These These were the only ones I had, so... I never made uh, them
0: fly. Uh, I never made them fly, but we'll we'll get to everything. <laughs> um, so the O-Ranger take off after them, and then when they hit... Excuse me. Dr. Pepper. Um, so when the O-Ranger follow them out, they land, and the O-Ranger hit their roll call, and we learn the names of each of the new mech. These are the Blocker Robo. These are giant humanoid robos of each of the O-Ranger with their symbol in the middle, and each one has their helmet as well. Not only that, but the robo have each of their signature weapons and their sidearms, because when they start the battle here, they pull out the King Smashers, and blast all of these machine beasts.
1: Yeah, it is essentially just like. I, I love it. I love it because it's just. It's,
0: it's Big O Ranger.
1: Yeah, it's Big O Ranger. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Not like Big O. Yeah, not the Big O, but big. Like, these are the O Rangers in their, like.
0: It's like if Kocha filled them up with the giant juice.
1: Yeah. If he fucking yeah, if he uploaded the the giant program into them, this is what you would get. It's just them in their in their uh auxiliary mech suits. You know, it's like it, they're not they're not Zords. They're kind of like um, they're a they're Gundam giant Gundam. Yeah, like harnesses and shit. Yeah.
0: Well, this opening up with the sidearms causes them to get their individual battles. Red Blocker follows Barra Missile up into space, and we see Yellow and Pink Blocker versus Barra Crusher, where they are able to basically open him up, and then they use their symbols to like project uh, Choraki into Barra Crusher and kill him. In the sky, we see Blue ba- Blocker versus Barra Saucer, and Blocker is kind of caught up in... Saucers, Yeah, he's got the vines. tentacles. He's got the tentacles on him, you know? And I mean, he, he gets the best of them. Yeah. And then we go underwater in the scene that made this a bath toy for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Green Blocker versus Baradrill.
1: Okay, so the thing of note here, like, I mean, we're not talking about Power Rangers, but this is the start of Adam's unfortunate run of Zords. This right
0: uh, I mean, yeah and
1: it, like... it, it is the start. It is the start. Like I mean just in the show and in this... the, and, and and in toy form and I'm talking about Power Rangers, not talking about this right here. In in the show and in toy form, you had the most unwieldy of those fuckers was definitely the square. Because it had it had the toughest duty on the fucking zord itself right yeah like i mean so it's going to be blocky and it's going to be like basically no articulation but even like in the show it kind of fucking just did that too and it was just the start of adam's well-known bad run of zords or or i they're not bad zords
0: i do want to disagree with you here because i think that the lion is a terrible zord too Or oh, you mean the bull? No, the lion from when he was the Black Ranger with his oh, when
1: he was the Black Ranger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: he upgraded to the frog, which was dope.
1: Yeah, the like. I guess that's what I'm thinking is because like the frog interrupts that for a bit. The frog because...
0: and the Shogun Zord are both dope.
1: Yeah, that interrupts interrupts it. But yeah, okay, fair enough. The, the lion bull
0: is dope. The, then like, he gets the square.
1: The lion. Is like a, like, what does this do? Oh, it just kind of you know crawls on the ground like a toddler, you know, and it's like oh okay, it's like
0: it's also got the seat where all of you sit in the big part of the chest that basically just screams, "Punch me!" Or if you've got a weapon, <laughs> stab me through this. Yeah, yeah. it um,
1: is. the most vulnerable. It is. It is the most vulnerable designed of all the sorts. Yeah, the line Fair enough. The lion's pretty bad. The bull. Like I love the bull. Except that it's like the, like the, he went from being the legs, which are so obviously crucial to being, I'm just going to be a belt. I'm going to be a nice little belt for my big Zord friend. Yeah, he, but was, he was also defies, it's the best but helmet thai, though. It's the best fucking helmet. It's the best helmet. But this, now we on the square, now we on the block. I can't speak for O-Ranger, but in Power Rangers, this was like a bad, this was, this was the start of a streak this was the yeah. start of a streak for Adam, but this scene right here made him the coolest to me because he has big fucking underwater floodlights on him and shit that he uses, and he's just like he's just cruising through there like a like a submarine. He looks so cool. Like this yeah. is this I was like oh, all of a sudden Square you know, <laughs> Megazord Square. You know, like he's 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 the business now.
0: I love him. Yeah. And each hero gets a little shine with the quick destruction of each of the monsters, but none as much as Goro, who follows oh. Missile into space, into the upper atmosphere oh. and uses the giant Star Riser to run Missile through and destroy him. He stabs him in the fucking gut. <laughs> like just completely runs him through.
1: Yeah now oh man in space and everything like it's cool as shit dude
0: yeah and on the way back to base goro becomes a little kid and he thanks the chief for their new toys and he's like a child on christmas yeah the team lands, strikes their signature o-ranger pose and then they're like okay now we can go back to base but before this episode ends we head back to the caves where bacchus was killed and we hear his voice booming through the remains of the volcano. That he does not know the word defeat and will rain hell upon these O-Ranger. Yeah, I can't. I I really wanted to see the next episode
1: like immediately. Like immediately because I'm like, oh, this. this Did of... you watch
0: the preview for the next episode?
1: No, I didn't because I didn't want to be like.
0: You didn't want to be horny for it. Yeah, I didn't
1: want to be. Hor- yes, I didn't want to be horny
0: for it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I watched the preview. I was pretty horny for it. I'm still horny for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, after we get off here, I might watch the episode and write the script. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But a lot happened and this episode was so good. We got to see some stuff that we don't see often and we do complain about often, like rangers at night. Bacchus in his truly menacing state. It was
1: in in it like it was like the stuff we the, another thing we talk about all the time was just like the inherent advantage the Baranoia Empire has, which is just never ceasing. They have unlimited numbers. They could do. They could just constantly come back. Yeah, they just could constantly assault Earth, and and this this was finally what happened. Like, and I loved I loved the uh, character of the character shown. Of Goro and the Chief, Goro was like you, that fucking look he gave to him, where it's like, "What are we gonna do, Goro?" And he was like, "We're going down there. That's it." Like he didn't, he didn't have a plan, but he was like, "We're not letting this stand." And he was, he was going to leave. They were stopped by the Chief, and I love that the Chief was like, "Yeah, you're not gonna fucking win this." And I love that it was also something that he also like acknowledged. It made it like, you know, it was like, we know, guys. You viewers aren't dum-dums. We know you see that, too. The Chief does as well. So the, yeah. chi- the Chief has been thinking about this for a while. Why wouldn't he give these Zords to him? Like, you know, earlier, like a Zordon hole situation? Because these are, like, the plan that was enacted here couldn't happen without no one knowing about them, you know? Yeah. Like, like it, it, it was great. It was great. Fantastic fucking
0: episode. He knew that he was going to have to get into the Baranoia base at some time, and the only way to get in there was to trick the machines.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm
0: So he created this plan of God. Yeah. And now, I know this episode cost them a lot to make, but if this was the kind of storytelling that this series gave us throughout, this probably would be one of the best Sentai series ever. Yeah like we wouldn't talk about Die Ranger as much as we would talk about O Ranger if this was the storytelling throughout the series. And if this is the tone that we're going to go through for the next 17 episodes, um I'm I'm fucking here for it. Yeah. Now, we know that there's some new big bads coming because we watched Power Rangers as children. But I have no idea what that means for this series.
1: It's, um, I guess, like, like we just said, it made me, the way this episode conducted itself, the way it ended and all that, it made me very horny for the next one. So I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board big time, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Bacchus. And obviously, there's got to, you know, this is the fall of Bacchus, and what does that mean afterwards? And there's like, there's a lot here to get me excited. There's a lot here for me to to
0: uh, look forward to. And I want to go back to something that you said about uh, why didn't they get these things beforehand. Like, I've been on record yeah. since the beginning of Zeo saying that I felt like O-Blocker oh, the Super Zeo Megazord should have been the first thing because you know, they create an Ultra Zord in this series. Yeah. That should always be the ultimate power. I 100% take that back with this introduction Uh, it was perfect they introduced these robos and in perfect time while I was feeling the series get stale and the explanation for them not being given to them and them getting them at this time was absolutely perfect so
1: there was yeah there was not a moment where I was just like wait a minute you know I didn't do any of my snarky fucking jaded Power Ranger fan bullshit I was just like okay yeah, all right, you make sense,
0: chief. Like Yeah.
1: Well done. Well done.
0: Well, that's all I have for today. How about you, Freddy?
1: Um Like I said, it or like you said, it felt like it was only 10 minutes cuz it just came at you so fast and it was, you know, like it was there's no time to breathe, but it that's absolutely not a not a bad thing. It's like a roller coaster, you know? It's like a thrill ride. It's it was it,
0: it's fine. It's you, you know, it's... You know what? I actually have a question for you. Who was the focus character for this episode for you? Like what do you think that when since every episode pretty much has a focus character? Uh who who was the focus of this?
1: Probably uh, Bacchus Raf. I I,
0: like... I agree with that, but I also think it was Chief Mira.
1: It was if if we're okay, so like villains is Bacchus wrath. I mean, but that's obvious. But uh, on the hero side, which would be a, you know, you can make maybe make an argument for for Goro in the way um, the way he was feeling about this. But yeah, Chief Mira really, really, really came through on the men- on the mentor role. You know, yeah, this yeah. this this is his. This is his uh, moment in this series where chief the chief has always been fine. You know, the chief has always been completely... I, I don't want to say adequate, because that puts... Him, the, the, that's a, there's a bad connotation to that. But he's always... Listen,
0: he's been the mentor character. He, and
1: He's been a serviceable mentor character. But this was the point where it was just like, this is why he's the mentor character. You know?
0: Well, I feel like the mentors that we've had in Sentai don't really... They're not as involved as our mentors in Power Rangers, mm. but in this episode, Chief Mira was super involved. Yeah, and, and you know there are a couple of there's there's exceptions to the rule in every series, um, because we wouldn't have had the beginning of the Barai storyline if it wasn't for, uh, you know, the wizard.
1: Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> uh, Barza.
0: Yeah, we wouldn't have had it if it wasn't for the wizard Barza. Barza's
1: we, basement of Bargains. That's, that's Barza's that's, Bargain Basement, yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, That's that's the only God. That's how I that's my key. That's how I remembered him.
0: <laughs> um in Die Ranger, like I mean, the ending was all the mentor. Yeah. And I don't remember his name either. Uh and then in Kaka Ranger the mentors were the mech, so they were super involved. Yeah. And there were also some dogs, and there was also
1: There's Gay uncle.
0: Yeah, there was the Gay Uncle. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot going on in Kaku Ranger.
1: Yeah. But
0: in this one, like Mira has been around and he's always been like, Well, listen, I'm I'm the boss and I know that sometimes you don't come talk to your boss when shit's going on. But today the boss got involved corporate was coming in
1: yeah he showed he showed why he has his position that's that's i guess that was the best way to say what i'm feeling was that like he definitely showed that he has this position for a reason
0: yes well i think that's where we're going to end this one thank you so much for listening to our show we come to you every monday and thursday on your favorite podcatcher and we're on a bunch of them we do have a patreon Patreon.com slash power playthrough, where for as little as five dollars a month you can get bonus episodes. Uh like our Halloween month, some of the weird juggalo shit. Um <laughs> Big Bad Beetleborgs. The most comprehensive coverage of VR Troopers. All of it. If you could follow us on social media, that would be awesome as well. We're on Twitter at P Playthrough, we're on Instagram at PowerPlaythrough. If you want to send us an email, go for it. Powerplaythrough at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at McNernia. Where are you, Freddie?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chief Robert. I'll usually be talking about nonsense, political stances, stuff like that. Um, you also check me out on Facebook. Just look look for my name. I'm memeing it up there and also doing the same kind of shit where we're um, sharing and being loud about things that I'm passionate about you know all that but you can check me out if you want if you want you know you don't have to it doesn't matter I may have an Instagram Rob the Century. You you can check me out there I mean I do have it what's on there you'll just have to go see I'm not going to make any claims that's it I'm tired of it alright I'm not going to tell you what's on there because I don't know at this current time I don't know if future Freddy will know, but it's there. I was thinking of a bit for um from Rainer, but it, I'll probably save it to uh
0: to yeah run get and... go- get goofy
1: with Power Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> if you wanna, oh, that sounded bad. Hold on,
0: if you want to chorg on <laughs> some hot music. Yeah. Like that, like our intro and our outro. Yeah. You could just put that deep down in your ear holes. You got some airpods, take it with you. No chords can hold the sounds of Rainer and Brick Check. And the place to get that is at rainer.bandcamp.com. dot bandcamp dot com when you could put them those hard hitting pop punk tunes deep inside of your air holes where the <laughs> music gets into you. Mm, Yeah, go hang outside your window and just scream Rainer all day. Go out there, maniacally laugh. Tell your neighbors how you feel about the pee-pee by listening to Rainer as loud as you can and get out there. And (laughs) every day. Rainer.bandcamp.com Guess I don't have a job now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. Dan told you what to do.
0: Thank you so much again for listening to our show. Your support means everything to us. And just remember that when dawn comes, peace will return to the earth. God has a wonderful present for those who love peace. And hopefully, when you hear this, that means that that was the death of Donald Trump.
1: (laughs) I thought I swear to God, I thought you're gonna say your cult started, like, like, because <laughs> that's some culty shit when you're saying it. I know, like, when the when when Oh Red is saying it, it's like, oh, okay, bud. When Dan is saying, it, I am like, Dan started a cult.
0: <laughs> I I think that that's a good line for getting the cult started.
1: Yeah, you, you let that marinate, bud. Put that in your back pocket.
0: Soon they're gonna be a documentary about me on Netflix. <laughs> Fuck that Nexium so- <laughs> bullshit.
1: And this, yeah, and they're gonna have this audio clip, <laughs> 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 audio clip where everyone's gonna like fucking bring it back to where where they think it started.
0: Little <laughs> do they know, it was years before that.
1: <laughs> it was an episode of O. Ranger though that like, I don't know, man. Donald Trump just got COVID. Dan watched the best episode of O-Ranger. I guess he just decided it was time. And that's going to be me, like, in an interview, like, in fucking Tiger King.
0: Yeah, he showed up. He started wearing some, like, real loose-fitting clothing. It was all white all the time, which is weird because pretty much for the last seven years, he's just worn, like, a black t-shirt and skinny jeans.
1: And now he's got, like, all his clothes at the joints. They're very angular. He's got triangles on his elbows and his knees. I don't know what it means.
0: He says he wears the jacket with no shirt because he needs to keep his wings folded up under there. But I don't think that dude's got wings. (laughs) That's what he's always telling people.
1: They just need black and white pictures of you being shown, as this is said.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just photos of me. Just... Persecuting my followers, making them fight in a ring <laughs> s- surrounded in their own feces.
1: You're smiling, but your eyes are dead. It's
0: just like a, <laughs> it's just like it's just a very, <laughs> very haunting pictures. We're to find out who they really
1: are. Let's go.